Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on everyone welcome to another episode of left turns and loud noises it is episode 70 we are recording live on tuesday august 25th i am your host anthony dietrich the ever covid free anthony dietrich now that i have always by my partner in crime and co-host kevin costello uh, how danger I've bay today moved on from danger oh. bay. i'm now back into the Tallahassee. Got a brand Beautiful. new apartment. Comes from, uh, I'm doing Pat good Kevin here. It's, it's good to be. The chat yeah, sounds like. Also joined by the. Unluckiest. Man in the world. I am now except take care. Joey Logano, the I entire first can't, can't win. <laughs> if for anyone wondering, last week, Methy decided to curse every third bush. Sunday, he picked uh, Chase Elliott and jokingly picked. So, a great if you wanted to complete seven laps. Total. And um, so, we it had was a also total. Alec- Hey guys, you can probably tell that the um, audio is a little bit messed up. Uh, I don't know what happened during um, uploading, but I'm just going to talk through a little blank space we hear. Um, we had me, Anthony Dietrich, Kevin Costello, the mayor of Danger Bay on the podcast, and the most cursed man in the world, Methy, Jeremy Methfield, on. There's a couple of jokes riddled in here. They're missing. I don't know, man. Audacity didn't upload the uh audio files but the rest of the episode seems fine so please keep listening love you guys alexander rossi i was like yeah takuma sato uh just coming out of no well not out of nowhere but pulling off a fantastic maneuver with scott dixon and holding him off too which was just fantastic racing um you know what what were your guys thoughts on that race entertained the entire way Uh, yeah i mean it was there was always something going on, and if it ever felt like there was a 
period where it was like, dang, this is kind of, you know, like not living up, not necessarily living up to the hype, but just kind of like a dull moment, something would happen, either a wreck or a strategy call to spice things up. And Mm -hmm. I I was satisfied for the first 197 laps. And that's not too bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were talking about the finish of the Indy 500 um, being the kind of buzzkill. And obviously, I guess we could just start there. I mean, I've, I think from a safety standpoint, if you weren't watching the race, um, Spencer Piggott went um, sideways into the uh, pit road entrance tire barrier and just ricocheted off of it back into the track with five to go, and they never restarted the race. At that point, a lot of people were clamoring for a red flag, and this has been a very contentious argument that's been going on. And I think personally speaking, I'm, I'm happy that the Indy 500 finished the way it was. I've seen, I think this is now the fifth Indy 500, I think I've seen, where it's ended under caution, and I'm very used to it. Indy cars, I'm very used to seeing this. It's nothing new, um, so it's not really a big deal for me. I, don't, I know, Kevin, you wish that they had some green-white checkers. So my philosophy, I've been going back and forth ever since the checkered flag waved, and I've come to the conclusion that IndyCar 100% made the right call there. I Mm -hmm. think there was one, an hour or so of repairs to do just for like a a shootout at the end, which I don't think justifies it. However, in the future, let's say it's an epic three-car battle for the lead. It's five to go. And then you get someone who spins out, barely hits the wall, but with five to go, they probably aren't going to red flag it and restart that entire thing. So I think in a situation, and that's like no damage to like repair damage needed or anything. In that scenario, I think there needs to be not necessarily a green, white checkered, but maybe say like have a, have IndyCar's own variant of it, like a three lap dash or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Just something to have a chance at a green, white checkered, but not be a carbon copy of a green, white checkered per se. I just think they should as as a consumer and someone who wants to go watch a race or see a race, I would like the best finish possible. I think everyone can agree with that. And to be somewhat robbed of that, I think isn't the best message. Now I'm I'm I would hope that it wouldn't go over five hundred miles, because I know that's a huge thing for IndyCar. <laughs> um and the whole purity of it, but I think there is a happy medium somewhere to where everyone can agree on a certain situation that would benefit the sport as a whole. I think I don't want IndyCar to appease the casual fans in this situation. And those are mostly the people that have been complaining the most about it. Um, You know, I saw one person say that they should red flag the race, not to restart it, but just because there's a driver laying down on the track, like, they're just parading the cars around it. Like, maybe I can understand that, I guess. But, I mean, in my eyes, you look at the 2015, I believe it was, Auto Club race. It's one of the most iconic IndyCar races, I guess, in the last 10 years. Um, and they actually tried to restart that race late. And it ended up with Briscoe flipping on the front straightaway because the cars were just too packed up. I mean, they were like that all day. But still, I just, I think with IndyCar, it restarts, especially that late. It's always asking for a sort of danger, but I, I get that's IndyCar. You know, there is that sense of danger. That's why people watch it. People race it. It's adrenaline. It's an adrenaline rush, basically. But yeah, in the I situation mean, of Sunday's race, they, they pretty much couldn't 
restart that race. There's no point waiting an hour for a two-lap dash. When you're going 230 miles per hour, there's always going to be danger. Yeah, there's danger exactly. going 50 down the The mayor of Danger road. Bay knows that. Exactly. As, as the CEO of Danger, I can definitely <laughs> attest. But I'd love to hear Matthew's perspective on, on this to maybe have a tiebreaker, so to speak. Oh, no. I think they absolutely made the right call. I mean, I've seen probably twice as many Indy 500s as you have, so I'm used to having a last lap shootout get denied because 25th place car decided to brush the wall coming off of turn two with three laps mm-hmm. to go. And it's like, oh, that's it. That's just, that's that. that's how it ends. And it's not like they can just, oh, red flag, park them on the back stretch, you know, shut them down. Oh, because they don't have onboard starters. Yeah, that's so, another thing too. They don't have a starter on that. So they would have had to pull them down pit road, which I'm pretty sure was closed because of all the safety equipment and debris and stuff there. So all they had to do was make a nice little path for them to go down the front stretch. And that was it. By the time they'd opened up pit road, cleared pit road, got them parked. It would have taken what an hour, hour and a half for them to fix it. It was just for, and they'd have crossed the line. It would have been four to go. And then come back around one to go signal. It'd be three to go, but then they have to give everybody the pit stop option. So it would have been a one lap. It would have been a green and white at the same time. And I think they've yeah. only done that one other time. And that was in a much different era. So that ended well. <laughs> but with the modern aero package and everything else that they're running now, I, I it would have been a disaster to have a one lap shootout, I think. We're all on agreement so that the, the call was the right call. But mm-hmm. if given the opportunity, kind of like a situation I described earlier for like a, a two or three lap shootout at the end, would you be for it? I mean, it depends on the situation and on the track. I think I, obviously yeah. IndyCar has done a great job with their ovals of picking the right tracks for their ovals to avoid catastrophes. Like we've seen at Vegas, Atlanta, Pocono auto club in the past. And you know, it's like, I, I think it could work, but it really needs to be a perfect storm of like this wreck needs to happen with between five to eight laps to go. Anything after five to go, you can't do it. Yeah, exactly that. Because IndyCar is one of the still true traditional motorsports where they keep their traditions. They don't change it for the sake of gimmicks. They don't have double file restarts. They mm-hmm. don't have green white checkers. They don't have guaranteed green flag finishes. They don't even have a lucky dog pass it. or anything like that. Like no, it's if you're locked down, still, you're done. <laughs> it's still a pure sport. And yeah. the Indy 500 is still the purest. There's been incidences where it's like, oh, 35 cars instead of 33, and everybody lost their mind over that. <laughs> or so the it, 100 lead la- or lead changes because the cars were slingshotting each other every lap, which still which was, was, I mean, that was exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Why, why 33? Because it's always been the thing, I guess. I don't know. Because, no, no, because the track is 2.5 miles long. Mm-hmm. And it was decided that each car needed 400 feet of space to itself. Mm-hmm. And you could only fit 33 cars on with that much space between each car. When did they decide that? 19... Oh, I, I, I want to say 1912, 1913, back in that okay, time yeah. frame. Oh, that was back then. What, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on potentially increasing the starting field now. I mean, 
they didn't no. have a, a problem with it this year because only 33 cars showed up. Agreed, but I but like think it an, definitely it, is exciting, like on on Carb Day or whatever it's called, when they're cutting drivers left and right. I mean, yeah, sucks to see oh Alonzo and Hinchcliffe not get it, but you know, bump day, bump day. What did I say? Carb bump day. day. Bump Carb day. days on Thursday before. Okay, sorry. Thursday or Friday? It used to be Thursday. I think they switched it, it to huh? Friday for. Um, I don't know, this, mark, this marketing year. or something Friday yeah. to get people to spend more time at the track on the weekend. I don't know. That makes sense. But wow, you just awoken the uh, the IndyCar purist in me that I didn't even know was there. Yeah, <laughs> wow. That's, a, that's the angriest I've ever heard you get on this podcast. Bump day, motherfucker! No, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like so in, in a... I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go on a quick tangent here while we're on the topic, then we'll get back to it. So... Let's say for 2021, the F1 schedule comes out and there is a week off during the week before the Indy 500 for qualifying and also a week off the weekend of the Indy 500 so that F1 drivers could come over and spend a whole two weeks in America try to make it. So let's say we get a situation where there's like 43 cars. At that point, do you say, okay, we stay at 33 and... Half of those guys don't make it. Do you allow guaranteed spots for people actually fighting in the championship? What's what's your perfect well, scenario there? Matthew, you want to go first? Or? Yes, I do. All right, take it. 33, the fastest cars get in. No guaranteed spots, no IRL provisionals, no champ car. No, fastest 33 get in. Y'all remember where Indianapolis owner Roger Penske's team did not make the Indy 500? Did he not? When? 19, I want to say 90, 95. Okay, so. Yeah, I want to say it was 95. No, no, that was 96. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Jacques Villeneuve. Yeah, Jacques Villeneuve won in 95. Yes. Um, 94 was the year, 94 was the year where they had that absolute beast motor that was pulling them down the straightaways at 250 miles an hour. (laughs) And the next, that's so dumb. It, they found a loophole. They made a special engine to loophole themselves into it. And this thing was making like 1200 horsepower. They were testing, they were (laughs) testing at Nazareth. They had to snow plow the track. Jeez. For them to go test it, this thing, <laughs> oh the, this engine is a the, the engine is a legend. And the next year, after uh, Alan Sir Junior, I think won in '94, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't make it. They didn't they weren't fast enough to make the field. And guess what wow. they did? They packed up their shit and went home. They didn't try to buy out anybody else's seat. They didn't try to buy another car. They just packed their shit up and went home because he knew we weren't the fastest 33. We don't get the race. That's just how it is. I. Doubt Roger Penske would back up on that now. I I I, 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 like I think also Penske probably like Roger beat his crew members over the head with a crowbar after that. Also, I guess that does make Bump Day a lot more interesting and kind of yeah. adds to the the over overall event as a whole. Like it, it sucked last year because they couldn't use you know like oh watch this because Alonzo's in it. It's yeah, but they they kind of turned it or at least I don't know exactly how they did it, but it's like. Yeah, two-time Formula One champion wasn't even good enough to qualify this for this race. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it's the best of the best. That I mean, there's two. It can you can use it either way. I'm uh, I'm a fan of that now, though, Matthew. Thank you. I'll for... I'll play devil's advocate on this one and just say because if you had F1 drivers coming over to America, 
if you look at it from a financial standpoint, that is far more money coming in if more F1 drivers are racing in this race because then you have the entire worldwide um, you know, perspective of more people wanting to watch because these are some of the best drivers. Like if Max Verstappen it makes the Indy 500. Every single Dutch and their fucking like dead <laughs> grandmothers are going to be tuning in for that shit. They're going to resurrect so if, from the dead to watch Max run in the Indy 500. But you're not guaranteeing him a starting spot. I would say bump it up if you had like 45 cars. Maybe you know do 36. I understand obviously from Methy's side. And I'm, I I agree with it. Like definitely you know 33 fastest cars get in. If you don't get in, boo-hoo, see you later. But, like, from a financial standpoint, Roger's a businessman, too. He's going to look at it as that way. As, you know, and this is obviously hypothetical, but, you know, you could get more cars in there and get more money, more people watching, more advertisements, more whatever like it takes. 33, like, they set that back in 1912 or ever. Have, yeah. have we not learned from that? I feel like I, I've never had a problem with it, but, like, a situation arrives where it's, yeah, 45 cars show up, and the difference between having Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, and Lando Norris in the field is those three spots. Like, damn. It would be unfortunate. Sorry. sorry. I mean, that just proves how hard it is to make the field. If somebody mm-hmm. like Lewis doesn't make it in, if somebody like Max gets sent home, shit's real. Yeah. Go fast or go I would home. Imagine, I would imagine, though, Lewis and, and, and Max would probably make the field, though. I, uh, let's be real. They're not. They're not in their in their ancient late thirties like Fernando Alonso is. So I guess it and depends the, on what ride they got. Like I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure those guys want to have trouble making yeah. it. But even well, we let, saw last let's be year. real. Red Bull Racing d- should absolutely come back to IndyCar. I loved the Red Bull cars in Indy, and you know they won with Buddy Rice in the 500 before. So I mean, it's not out of the realm possibility that if like Max or someone or even like Albon. Or maybe even like, you know, say a Daniel Kvyat or someone. Oh, wait, no, they're AlphaTauri now. But still, like, you know, if there was a possibility one of these drivers wanted to come over, Red Bull, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put it behind them dishing out some money to get their IndyCar program back up. I think wait, if Max... Buddy, Buddy Rice was a Red Bull driver? Yeah, Buddy Rice won in 2005 on a range-shortened... Uh, oh, no, he did not win in that car. He won in the 15 that year. But he was a... Yeah. He was, a Red Bull guy for like a year. It was him, Eddie Cheever Jr. Um, I'm trying to think who else was a Red Bull driver. I think maybe Matt Carpenter Alex was, Barron. wasn't he? I would have to Alex Barron. That's right. Alex I'm pretty Barron. sure Alex Barron was because he was in the 52 at one point in his career. We're getting crazy off topic here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, can we go back to the Indy 500 real quick? And I uh, just want to say that I, I actually like this package. It, 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 it didn't produce the greatest of racing in the world. I mean, the Indy 500 normally is, um, you know, a single file parade for almost half the race, just trying to get your strategies in line. And we did, and you mentioned it, we saw the strategies with Penske trying to pull something out of their ass by doing something different. And I felt like, you know, that could have been a possibility of, of making it work, you know? Uh, it, it was nice to see guys like that up there trying to do something different. But I still felt like these guys could get a good run. Um, you know, Dirty Air, I think, was playing a huge part in getting close enough. But when they were close enough, they were able to slingshot. And Scott Dixon almost did it twice for the win. And this Sato racing, said no. Yeah. yeah. I, th- <laughs> I thought the racing this year throughout the entire event was actually better than mm-hmm. the last two years. I don't think well, it was as good as the... was awful. Yeah. I don't think it was good as the whole 20. 20- 
2012 to 2017 because that was just slipstream central yeah exactly that, that, that was, was insanity that was fun to watch but i mean we saw at one point dixon and rossi were checking out from the field because they were using it was like the biggest rivals on track were using each other to get away with the slipstream so i think it yeah. could be done if there was more cars that close to the front in terms of performance i mean sato mm-hmm. was i feel like a a relatively distant third for most of the race. Was yeah, he him. was not someone I was looking at to win the race. Mm-hmm. And when he got around Dixon, it was obvious why he got around Dixon. Dixon was saving fuel, saving tires. And, you know, with about 10 to go, Dixon was ready to make his move. And I guess he used up all the tires because Sato had saved his stuff up too. He did not spend anything to hold on to that lead. Yeah, I mean, good for Sato. I feel like I don't know if that was part of their strategy or they just fixed the car so much over the race but it almost mm-hmm. looked like he he baited dixon because yeah. dixon le- literally let him buy at one point to save fuel and then he just couldn't catch back up I'm I'm sure like, dixon. oh shit yeah so yeah. good on, good on you that, say that in kiwi um the yeah, i anything else from the uh indy 500 uh weird without fans man very very yeah. weird without fans agreed but we only have to wait under 300 days until the next one, fingers yeah, crossed. That's the, that's the only positive thing right now is that we do not have to wait very long for the next Indy 500. Yeah. And we get two more races there uh, with IndyCar with uh, the road course. That's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. More. Roger Penske's wallet is loving it, I'm sure. <laughs> um, all right. So let's go to Dover, 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 Dover. Um, sound like I'm going to like, like, start like bringing something through a mirror by saying it that many times <laughs> in a row. So, um, which, what, what do we even start with? Saturday like, cup, race? Saturday cup. Well, um, <laughs> I, I mean, overall, I think the racing from the weekend was fine from, uh, started Dover. off I, great for my picks. Oh yeah. Well, we, I thought for sure after the Kurt Busch wreck, we were going to see just an absolute shit show all weekend. I was like, okay, well, these cars have no downforce. They have no grip. It's, it's going to be a long, long day. And it never really got to that point. I don't think we saw anything else on Saturday besides the Kurt Busch incident. It was a little bit thrown off. I thought the low downforce would make these guys be spinning out more, but it shows how good they are, one. Yeah. But also it showed just how far, at least for that race, that Gibbs was in front of the rest of the field. I mean, Truex mm-hmm. dominated that race. And yeah. didn't even have the best car, which was Hamlin. And then he finally got him at the end, which was a fun battle to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the better battles we've seen all season, really. Because it I, felt I, like they actually could race each other. I agree. It's, I mean, obviously, I think everyone at this point wants a different winner besides Hamlin and Harvick. But I can't complain against a team just being good mm-hmm. every week. That's, that's sport. That's <laughs> the definition yeah, exactly. of sport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like Alabama and LSU just like taking shots at each other. Yep. And and I mean I I get it. Nobody wants to see SEC domination, but Hamlin and Harvick are just spanking the field right now, and it's it's exciting to watch, man. I'm telling you, like obviously I'm a Hamlin fan, so I I don't mind, but you know it's it's still fun. I would be genuinely disgusted if both. If one of them, if not both, did not make it to Phoenix for the championship race. Oh, that would be absolutely just farcical. You know that's not going to happen, though. I mean, they have way too many playoff points. You would, you would hope not, but I mean... Obviously, that round of, yeah. You that get round of eight. Round, round of eight, know. three guys win it that are not named Hamlin and Harvick. That's going to be uh, oh, a I miracle. I think about that scenario. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you look at those races. What is it? Texas, uh, 
Martinsville. I mean, Martinsville, I feel like, is more of a wild card just because yeah. short tracks, anything can happen. I mean, Truex is going to win that. Kansas and Texas, I feel like, are pretty straightforward. But then again, we saw Texas be won by Austin Dillon. So, yeah, you know. dude, Austin Dillon championship four time. Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God, Memphis <laughs> got the chills. Yeah, so uh, Saturday, Hamlin won, which was great because he tied Kevin Harvick, I think, at Mm -hmm. six wins at that point for the most in the season. And then, of course, in 2020 fashion, Kevin Harvick just answered right back, smoked the field. I think he won all three stages. Uh, I think both won all three stages. Yeah. Hamlin won. Um, Yeah, Hamlin won both stages on Saturday. And then, yeah, this is just complete domination. That's seven playoff points for each, which is, I mean, at, at this point. Yeah. Ha- Harvick just icing clinched, on the cake, but dang. Harvick also clinched the regular season championship. Ooh, so um, that's another 15 points. Yeah, that's another 15 bonus points. I think that second place gets 10, though. And that's not so, a yes. that So Hamlin's, right. Hamlin's not just completely fucked out of 15 points. He's still going to be, you know. No. Yeah. But it's yeah, basically mean, a free pass at this point exactly. for both of them. Yeah. They're both getting got. to the round of eight. I'm still yeah. a fan of. I wouldn't be against a first round buy for the the season points leader. I I think it's to the point where it's like, well, he's got such a big advantage anyways. He doesn't need it. Yeah. But like, but... if you blow an engine three races in a row after having a hundred hundred fifty point lead and don't make it to the round of twelve, I feel like that's a little bit of a slap in the face. Well, but uh, I'd that's be... also if your team blows three engines in a row, then you, yeah, you that's know, a thing. That's... Or maybe got get caught up in three wrecks that are not your fault. Maybe I should yeah it that way. But I digress. It it is what it is, and. uh yeah, let me keep the points real quick. Hamlin is... I don't think he's in second. I take that back. He's in second now. Um, yeah. So yeah. Kozlowski, wow, a quiet third, I feel like. I Kozlowski's know has... got three wins, and he's actually been a lot more consistent. He finished eighth on Sunday, and I believe he got eighth. top okay. five on uh, Saturday. And he finished ninth on Saturday. Ninth so, I mean, Saturday. Okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Clint Boyer also, uh, you know, just another, uh, obviously a little more off topic, but consistent guy. He's pretty much bought himself into the playoffs. I mean, Kyle, him, Almirola. Am I missing anyone else there? Should be safe. Um, Should be. I think every. I think Clint's in. Or yeah, well, Clint just doesn't need to basically finish in last. Okay, and have all he needs to do is start. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. So clinched right now in are Almirola, Kyle Bush, and Kurt Bush. So the only ones who could potentially not make it right now are Clint, DiBenedetto, Byron, Johnson. Okay, wait. Yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. DiBenedetto, and then Johnson mm-hmm. Jones are below the cut line. Sorry, Reddit is a little goofy because of Dylan and and Custer. Okay. It's color coordinated. How can you not read that? <laughs> Maybe this is the sign that I am colorblind after all. Um, I did not know Chase Elliott had 16 playoff points, so uh, he's got a lot of stage wins this season. Damn. He, he had a lot of stage. He won like stage. He won stage two, two of the 500 for the, for the first like three races in a row. Like yeah. he was stage king, and then COVID break, it kind of went away a little bit. Yeah, well, he'll he'll be sitting pretty with those 16 playoff points, but obviously he's not. Anywhere near Harvick and Hamlin's forty-two and thirty-seven, respectively. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a full race, pretty insane. much. Insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we see it every year, though. Yeah, There's always one guy who just rakes up these points. Um, so good on them. Truex has only seven. That is surprising. That is probably the biggest surprise, besides obviously Kyle Busch not having a single victory. 
I thought he doesn't he have a stage point now? He does have a stage point. (laughs) He does have one stage point, and that could be the one point that makes a difference in like the round of twelve or something. Yeah, dude, we'll see. We gotta, you know, just uh, getting a little ahead of ourselves. We got a big preview next week for the playoffs. Uh, If you guys listened to us last year, it was a two and a half hour episode. We are gonna shorten that down because a we're not gonna have a hour-long interview with Steve Lavender this year. Sad face on that one. <laughs> but also, I noticed when I went back to that episode, there's 20 minutes of just blank nice. on there, because my editing just completely shit the bed. <laughs> so, I've gotten better at editing minus my rage moments with trying to edit. Um. Okay, so, moving on to Xfinity, or is there anything else? I just want to give a shout-out to Stenhouse on a top 10. That's a good day. Yeah. Someone, you picked Stenhouse, too. I did. That dark I had a good, good place. Pick. Points weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can look at the points real quick. So, Methy is three hundred no, no, points no. behind. <laughs> <laughs> Methy's actually two hundred and ninety-seven points back, um, but still not out of it. Um, I have a, I am at eight eighteen. Kevin, you're at seven twenty-nine, and Alex is just sitting there at six seventy-six. But um, yeah, I mean, it looks like Alex had the second best points week, and Kevin, you. Uh, Making some ground up. You got 10 races, I told you, man. You got 10 races to catch me, dude. When you said last week when you brought up the points, I said, okay, that's about 10 points uh, a race. I need to make up on you. And I did way better than that this weekend. So just keep an eye out. We have this chase thing, playoff picks next week. And I think if we're able to pick a champion correctly this year, I mean, dude, I'm not taking it off the table. That could be an extra 100 bonus points right there. Like, we can talk about this, though. It won't help me. <laughs> Methy, <laughs> I could give you a thousand bonus points and you'd still choke it. Yeah, no, let's be honest. <laughs> like I said, I'm accepting bids. Who do we not want to win? Who do we want to crash on lap freaking one, one like Ed Carpenter? Just never pick Denny Hamlin ever again, okay? Have never, I'm just going to go with Truex for all. Fair. I'm okay Fair with enough. that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he spoils the championship. One last right. thing from the cup races that we didn't touch on yet. Uh, how about Hendrick finally showing some speed this weekend, mm-hmm. especially in that second race? Three top fives. Uh, yeah, good for, uh, good for Rick for that Hendrick. Program. They've had, Chevy's had a tough, uh, tough run this year. It feels like yeah. you know they haven't gotten their uh, intermediate track package uh, going. And obviously Dover's a little closer to the short track side of things, I feel like. But still... Uh, Good to see them running well, and obviously good to see Alex Bowman running really well. I think it was his, that was his first top five since Darlington. Sheesh. Yeesh. Sheesh. Yeah, but hey, better time than never to uh, start getting hot right before yeah. the playoffs, in my opinion. And how about Ryan Priest doing the uh, Quinn Huff coming from the third lane to go to pit oh, road? Oh, yeah. Oh, that God. onboard of Jimmy was Jimmy nuts. shit his pants basically from that. that <laughs> yeah, was, he that did. He asked so for a clean pair of shorts. Yeah, that was that was a really scary moment. And obviously, you know, thank goodness that Jimmy didn't get taken out there. Make the make this race more interesting than it already needs to be. And Johnson is what seven points back of uh, Will Byron. Four, four. And I guess real quick, we can finish off with Dover, the cup race with this. We saw a very Chad Knauss-type call there with Jimmy at the end, taking two tires and everyone took four. And I think that strategy would have worked out if anyone else took two tires. With Jimmy or Byron? Jimmy. You said it was from Knauss, though. 
No, but that's a very old school Canals type call. Okay, fair, fair. Like, how many times have we seen Jimmy Johnson win a race because Canals calls for two tires and a couple other cars get in the way of him in the first car with four tires? Yes. So many times. And (laughs) I thought it was a brilliant call. Like, finally, you guys are doing something that is the old Jimmy Johnson. And it just didn't work out because no one else took four tires because tires were very important at Dover this weekend because of the higher speeds in the corner. So, well, uh, he's still still got a chance. And uh, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if Jimmy does uh, knock Will out of the playoffs. Yeah, it's a good thing we're not going to a... uh crapshoot of a racetrack to settle this yeah right (laughs) he's only four points back and i i I will say it's it's gonna freaking suck for maddie d if he does not make the playoffs because he is yeah he was safe and then run i I forgot what race it's been but he literally hasn't gotten a top 15 since that point and that's just new hampshire when he finished in third i think or for it for a for a team that wants to be peaking at the right time especially hitting to the playoffs that is not what you want at all so yeah and I think, obviously, we can talk about this a little bit, Spanny, but I think that, like, I don't know what his contract looks like, but I have a bad feeling that if DeBenedetto misses the playoffs, there's a driver down there in Xfinity that might want that 21 car. Yeah, and I think he's going to get it on a silver platter if uh, yeah. they don't make the playoffs, which, yeah, I mean, I if of any driver this week, I don't think Byron and Jimmy are sleeping bad because they've been in and out already. They've had to deal with it, but DeBenedetto... He's been as close to that bubble as he's been all year. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's move along now to talk about some expanding drivers. So we got Justin Allgaier getting his first win of the year. Wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It feels like Justin has had such a bad season, and he got it done. He got it done on the Saturday afternoon, getting a big dub. And then uh, Chase Briscoe back to victory lane. First time since Austin Cindric got his first win of the season just to show how dominant Cindric has been in the last few weeks. You got to so. you got to know Chase Briscoe has said at least once, yeah, not to brag, but I want to race on the same day as the Indy 500. <laughs> <laughs> as a native Hoosier, that's that's got to be something he'll make jokes about for a while. Uh just cuz Yeah. I mean, he you, you can't say he's wrong. No, he's not wrong, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, definitely I think this was a good showing for colleague, especially for Chastain who hasn't been running very well this season. So, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, well, not well, you know what I mean, though. He hasn't looked like a car that could win a race. Like, the, this was the first time I felt like, okay, Chastain might have a chance here. Obviously, Agreed. didn't really show up at the end, but Chastain might finally be coming alive at the right time of the season. And it feels like Kyle Busch and Chastain have been those two drivers where it's like, we're waiting. We're waiting. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, hey, shouts out Daniel Hemrick not wrecking the car this week. I did notice that. Uh, yeah. Jeb Burton, too. He was in it for one of the races, I believe. Dude, the curse is complete. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, Matt, I didn't don't pick ever him. I didn't pick him. <laughs> Who? <laughs> so, on Sunday, though, we got some really interesting uh, guys having great races. First of all, shouts out Brett Moffat with a 10th place finish in that 0-2 car. That he is just out-driving his equipment, and I really hope he gets a full-time Xfinity ride in a solid car next year because he is so deserving uh yes. gms please um and <laughs> shouts out to tommy joe martin's top 15 on sunday yeah great run for uh dude. the brad perez experience team so dude i'm i'm happy to see those guys not have anything go wrong you know that's obviously a good performance for them I'm trying to see if anything else happened on friday brett got another top 15 
the playoff picture for the Xfinity cars is a little close too, isn't it? Uh, Jeremy Clements and um, who is it? Brandon Brown are right there with a thirty-one point buffer. Clements has been carving away at that gap, kind of like I'm uh, about to do to you with our our points. But <laughs> we'll I mean, see. We still got their playoffs isn't till Vegas, I believe. Yeah. So they got but this another is, couple this weekend races. is another wild card for them though. Yes, this is by far the weekend. So I mean, we're looking at a guy, maybe someone like Ryan or not Ryan Sieg, uh, Matt, Myatt Snyder, who's yeah, out of the Snyder. window right now. Or if he's even in a, a guy, twenty-one car, Myatt's got to be a favorite. That's what I'm saying. Or hell, yeah. maybe even Alex LeBay can squeak one off. He was leading the race for a lot of the end there at uh in February. So I mean, yeah. maybe he gets the strategy right this time. Who knows? We'll see. Let's move along to the uh, truck guys real quick. And uh, shouts out Zane Smith on his second career win, two in a row. I think that Zane Smith's getting hot at the right time, too, here. Yeah, I mean, I'm becoming more of a fan of him every week. It seems, mm-hmm. I mean, his interview at uh, Michigan really sold me on him, just the emotion. And a, a true racer who doesn't have, you know, this these multi-million dollars of sponsorship behind it, but someone who's going out there earning himself a name, which is about all you can ask for. Yeah. We saw uh, Tyler Anker moved into the points, uh, into the playoff picture now, and moved Derek Krauss out of it. Uh, oh. Dude, if you're not – dude, the, the, the battle on the bubble there for the, the trucks is <laughs> uh, literally as close as it is in the Cups right now. And, I mean, Johnny Sauter's not going to make it unless he pulls something out of his ass. Same dude, with Stuart Friesen. Yeah, there's, there's guys there who we know can win races. Um, I wouldn't count out Ty Majewski either. I mean, he's – I mm-hmm. thought going into the season was going to make that final four, and he has just not performed. But never say never. Ty Majeski, are you like with the I'm being serious? Part? Yeah, I, I I was looking for the level of irony here, and if this no, is I mean Chastain almost won the championship in that car last year. Yeah, that's also Ross Chastain. Like no offense true. to Majeski, but this is true. But I, I expected a little bit more. But it's never too late. Their schedule or their playoffs don't start till yeah. They got time. I don't even think yeah. they figured out the rest of the schedule yet. I think they have. I'm looking so, right now on there. They, so they pretty much just joined every weekend that was open, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is good. So they're bless you. Their next few races are Dar- Gateway this weekend, which that should be a very fun race on Sunday afternoon too. Um, then we got Darlington, Richmond, Bristol, Vegas, Talladega, Kansas, Texas, Martinsville, Phoenix. I don't remember the last time I've ever seen a truck race at Richmond. Yeah, they just had it back for this season. What a what a cool place for a cutoff race for the trucks with the point battle that close and with guys out there. We know like wow, it's almost Johnny like the, it's almost like the old cup days when they did. That's it what I'm saying. I, I didn't like it in cup, but the, the thought of it now with trucks. Intrigues those, me. Tr- those truck boys can race, man. It's going to oh, be fun man. to watch that. Oh yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out on that next weekend. So, um, all right. Now let's, uh, let's talk some Daytona here. Completed in 1959, the brainchild of Bill France Jr. and created by Charles Moneypenny and Bill France, the Daytona International Speedway lies as one of the most famed tracks in all of racing, not just NASCAR. Hosts of many races such as ARCA, Superbike, IMSA, SCCA, and Motocross, the track has hosted for decades two NASCAR races every single season, and since the 1990s, this race was hosted on July 4th weekend, now moving to August for the first time as a cutoff race. 
we now come to race 26 at Daytona International Speedway. Some very memorable moments over the years. Obviously, people remember the Tony Stewart-Kyle Busch incident um, coming to the line. You had such fantastic um, moments, such as Dale Jr. being pushed by Michael Waltrip to the win at the first race after Senior's death in 2001. Greg Biffle got his first career win there. And of course, who can forget the legend that is Justin Haley getting his first <laughs> career win there last year in front of my eyes. Because Fantastic, of great, Anthony. Great Absolutely. call by Fantastic intro. And I mean, yeah, it's it's super speedway time. It's it's hard to not be excited. I, I saw someone say on Reddit, they made a good analogy. It's like, I don't want crawfish every weekend, but damn, when it's coming up, I do for sure look forward to it. And it's it's crawfish weekend, boys. I am hungry now. <laughs> you mean, are right, though, man. This is, dude, this is, I mean, it feels like we were just here two weeks ago because we were just here yes. two weeks ago. But this is a far more different feeling. Two weeks ago was a feeling of uncertainty with, is this race going to be any good? Is this going to be any fun? What's going to happen? Will it be a wild card? This race now is, okay, how many single digits of cars are going to come across the finish line at this point? Mm -hmm. Like, what's going to happen? And we obviously touched on it with, like, this being a a cutoff race for the first time ever. But, like, there's a lot of drivers, especially guys like DeBenedetto, Byron, Eric Jones. Like, their seasons, their careers are kind of on the line here. Maybe not Will Byron because he's going to have money until he's dead. But, like, Eric (laughs) Jones is looking to impress for a ride next year. Matt DiBenedetto could be driving for his life at this point to stay in a good car. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions and it's all going to be answered on Saturday night. And I just checked the weather earlier today. So far, fingers crossed, looks pretty good. Honestly, you know, there's two hurricanes that are about to combine into one giant dirty bubble out in the uh, Gulf of Mexico. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I had, I'm not a weatherman. If I was, I'd be terrible at it. But I have this feeling that the hurricanes, hurricanes might be pulling a lot of the moisture out of the air and a lot of the potential storm clouds that could be hitting Florida that week. Now, obviously, we'll, we'll wait and see. I'm not going to trust a radar until I'm literally there that day. But uh, If any meteorologists I, are listening to this podcast right now, please please comment on this, uh, this, this post on Twitter. Just let us know if anything Anthony said right there made any sense. I took a, I took two classes of meteorology in, okay. uh, in college, you know, and, and you know, I, I learned a thing or two. I always okay. said if a hurricane ever hit me in uh, Tampa when I was living there, I would send my meteorologist teacher a picture of me in a kayak kayaking down one of the main roads. She <laughs> said uh, not to do that. And I said, I'm going to do that specifically because you told me not to. <laughs> She also said she'd never seen anything like that personally sent her. So I definitely, it's on my bucket list. I, I got time. Um, but yeah, I guess I should also announce I'm, I'm looking to get my tickets for this race this weekend. I tested negative for COVID. I feel a little bit more confident going uh, this week, knowing that if I just keep my mask on the entire time, I'll be fine. So, um, <laughs> you know, definitely, uh, you know, I think that after this weekend, I feel a lot more confident with how the, the way NASCAR are running things. So. Um, but let's, let's, let's just talk about this race for a minute. I mean, uh, it's a wild card race, so anything goes, I feel like you can pick anyone to win this. I think the dream scenario happened going into this race was Stenhouse below the cut line, not points (laughs) eligible. So like when, when this was first announced back in all the way of April of 2019, so almost a year and a half ago at this point, I feel like everyone's 
first thought was not only the chaos, but who, what drivers are going to thrive in this situation. I feel like everyone just went to Mr. Excitement himself. Jimmy Spencer? Jimmy Spencer. Yes. <laughs> Jimmy Spencer that. is returning. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a blast. Hopefully he's there at the end. Um, and I mean, hopefully everyone, I mean, I, if we could get a carbon copy of what happened in Talladega with this updated super suck package where it's not, mm-hmm. you know, fear into everyone's life every lap, but also a good balance of racing and safety. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that, I feel like everyone would be satisfied at that point. And yeah, I mean, we got Jimmy Johnson, his final playoffs yes. championship, the chasing eight could literally end this weekend. We get William Byron who could ironically be the guy that keeps his childhood hero out of the playoffs. I mean, there's there's just so much that can happen. Mm-hmm. To Benedetto could lose out on a playoff opportunity because you look at the pass with De Benedetto at Daytona, obviously he is a strong driver there when he's leading, but when he's in traffic, he just seems to be in the wrong place at the wrong time every single race. I literally cannot think of a restrictor plate race in the last two years. De Benedetto has not been taken out by a wreck. Because yeah. I don't think there is one. Maybe, right. I guess, the spring Talladega or summer Talladega this year, which is a weird thing to say. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, it's like I, I could just – he mentioned it. Like, obviously, the vibes are bad in the 21 uh, camp right now. Like, he mentioned, I could lose my shot in the playoffs because of a stupid play, uh, wild card race. But uh, he could also win the race. We don't, uh, it's, it's all up in the air right now. I mean – Look, I'm not trying to say anything because Methy would curse it if I say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. We could have two-time stage winner Ty Dillon standing in victory lane on Sunday, Saturday. I would, I would give an arm and a leg. I shit my pants if that happened. I'd probably do it. <laughs> All right. Well, Ty- if anyone's at Daytona and sees Anthony and see Ty Dillon cross that finish line first, whip out that camera. I don't think anyone wants to see me shit my pants in person, <laughs> but anyways. Um, <laughs> Let's get into picks. <laughs> Let's get into some picks. So I have the field. And good news, boys, it's a 40-car field. So guess who brought all their cars? Brennan gone. Rick Ware. Oh, oh Rick Ware does oh, not have the 52. There is no uh, 52 car this weekend. But guess who is in the field? Indy 500, uh, Indy 500 star and Daytona road course winner in his mind, James Davison. Oh, good for him. He's probably going <laughs> to go three for three in the month of August with wins or whatever is going on. Yeah, whatever he thinks is going on in his, in his brain. Uh, Just before we get into picks, I want to yeah, I want to mention that real quick. So James Davidson gave up on practice for the Indy 500, which would have diagnosed a problem that happened in the 500 for a chance to win a road course race, which he finished 31st in. Ah, but you see, there was rain in the radar. Ah, (laughs) ah, Ah. that's where James Davidson (laughs) thought that a car that is completely underfunded and has no speed at all could potentially win when guys like Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. literally exist. Yes. Ugh, James Davison. That should be fun. But Brennan Gaughan is in the field. This is not going to be his final racing cup. He still has Talladega in the fall to redo mm-hmm. his flip. Um, I'm trying to see then who else entered. The seven car of Josh Balicki. That's it. Okay. All right. So I think I know who I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, since you had the best week last week, I'll let you pick first. I'm going to go with a guy who I feel like has been kind of under the radar lately in terms of the rookie scene, but the guy who had a great run almost won the race at Talladega. And I think no one's saying his name this weekend going into this weekend, which I think just adds to the chaos of it. I'm going to go with John Hunter. 
Okay. I mean, he literally could have won that race at Talladega had it yeah, not he was been close. for Eric Jones getting completely bonsai by a, uh, a wild young Ryan Blaney. Yeah, but we don't like talking about that. <laughs> Nobody's ready for that conversation. No. <laughs> Methy, uh, would you like to go second? No, but we're picking dark horses here first, right? Yeah, yes. we're picking dark horses. Don't worry. Um, uh, is Christopher Bell considered a dark horse? Yeah, he's, a he's, he still doesn't have a win, and he's, he's right. well out of contention. We'll go Christopher Bell just because I've seen that 95 car do well before with Matty D at the play tracks. And I just, that would be awesome to see him win and just throw a complete steaming pile of turd, whatever you want to call it, into the playoff (laughs) bubble talk. It just come in like Kool-Aid, man. It's like, what's that? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm in. (laughs) I love it. All right. My dark. I'm going to take a driver that I took um, in the um, Daytona 500, and I'm going to go ahead and pick him again. Took him at the Daytona Road Course, Chris Buescher. Uh Chris Busher, very under the radar this season. You know, he's had very mediocre runs, but when he does run well, it's been very impressive. He runs and, good at um, Daytona. He does run well at Daytona. Roush Fenway always has good cars at Daytona. Ryan Newman was literally yards away from winning the Daytona 500 this year it would not surprise me if another roush car is leading that uh pack and uh who, who else but uh chris busher to be a uh kind of weeper i guess taking away drivers opportunities in the playoffs like he did in 2016 yeah second career win wouldn't be too bad at daytona either all right so kevin who's your sleeper my sleeper is going to be Matt DiBenedetto for a very specific reason being that I think a call is going to come down from Roger Penske himself saying, hey, we have three of the four of our cars. Now, I know that Wood Brothers is not a Penske dean, but might as well be, though. Might as well be. So I would not be surprised to see, especially if they all make it to the final stage with competitive cars saying, hey, prioritize this guy, especially if it's close on points. Um, it might just be protect this guy, because yeah, you know like, what Penske loves to do is just get all three cars in the lead and just block, block, block. Yeah, I mean, do there's it no, every there's play no, race, and they're so good at it. There's no Logano's going to push him to victory. No, he's going to push him to the airport. <laughs> oh, sorry! <laughs> there's, there's no choose cone at this Super Speedway, which I yes, feel like there is benefits no. Penske, because they can't really split them up, because they, they usually do there are games on the restarts where if they're like one, two, three, the inside line will slow up a little bit. And then the guy in first will cover down the inside yeah. lane and they'll be good. Which is great like strategy call. Just because of that, DeBenedetto uh, has a fighting shot for that this weekend. I hope so. God, I hope so. All right. Methy, who, who are you cursing? Exactly. Who do you guys want me to curse? Um, <laughs> uh, Byron. Yes. There's another one who could just come in and just be like, again, no more talk about if I'm going to make the playoffs or not. I'm in. You're cursing Byron. a child. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, cursed, he cursed himself with that sun-bleached car last time. Oh, I still think yeah, that was just... one of the sexiest games. I still think it's one of the ugliest, and uh, Brad Perez agreed with me. Man, it was the probably, of the opinion. It, it was probably absolutely stunning before they rolled it out into the sun for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
my sleeper, I'm going to go ahead and take 2018 Daytona 500 champion Austin Dillon. He had such a good run last year in this race. And if it wasn't for forgetting that he can't come down on Clint Boyer's nose, he probably wins that race coming uh, to the fact that Lightning was uh, just a couple of uh, minutes away. So Austin Dillon, I am taking that man to uh, redeem himself this year at Daytona. I also backup pick was Kurt Busch to redeem himself. <laughs> I feel like Austin Dillon is in a very unique scenario just because he's, is, he is locked in. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't have to worry about maintaining a points position because he's not getting any of those bonus playoff points anyways. Mm-hmm. No, where exactly. He is. So, I mean, yeah, might as, might as well just go balls to the walls and don't be hey, surprised. Yeah, here's the thing. Like if Austin Dillon, like, you know, is in a position late in the race to win it, you're not going to tell him just uh, don't do it. Like, you know, no, he's going to go for it. And like those five extra points for a guy like Austin Dillon could be make or break for the exactly. round of 12. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Austin pushing it, especially with some more confidence. He's had sex this year. Um, he won a race. Like, <laughs> was last you know, year. He's got, okay, well, yeah, you're right. I guess it does take nine months to have a baby. That is true. Yeah. Um, he, he, he looks more, he's not dabbing anymore. That's, That's true. His confidence is up. He's the cowboy hat's gone. Usual. The cowboy hat is no. The cowboy hat's back. He won it at Texas. That's uh, true. Uh, in my well. opinion, if you know, I think he looks sexier this year. I think that's a bonus for him. So <laughs> give me Austin Dillon as my sleeper. <laughs> a good another point to bring up with that pick is kind of what I was talking about with Matt DiBenedetto. Don't be surprised if it's late in the race and they say, "Okay, Tyler Reddick needs this win." Mm-hmm. Do everything you can because they seem they seem to have Austin a really Dillon good might be teammate dynamic. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to be behind Austin Dillon coming to the door of the last lap of a race at Daytona. Just saying, yeah. or in front of Austin oh. Dillon. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> didn't even think about that. Manufacturer and the same teammate, maybe. Nice. All right, so uh, Kevin, who who's winning this race? Who's favorite? My favorite for this race, honestly, I thought about drawing. Um, just numbers out of a hat, but mm-hmm. I- I'm gonna stay in that Penske factory. And the first driver that came to mind was Logano for no reason. But I think if if there's a big push coming behind Matt Benedetto, then Logano would be the first one to say mm-hmm. screw Matty D, especially if he's good on points and try to secure those points himself. Because while he did start off the year strong, he hasn't had a single win since Phoenix. And yeah. As a guy who's kind of he hasn't looked good since being teetering between that final four or even just round of eight um, potential, he he's going to take some risks. So I would not be surprised to see Logano get that win this weekend. It's uh-huh. a good good chance there. Um, all right, Methy, who you got? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. But you know. You still should pick, anyways, because I feel like you actually have four wins on the season. I have to double check it. So, I mean, you could always just go for the most wins this year, even if you do finish in last. That's that's just pride right there, baby. That's that's two thousand three Ryan Newman pride. That's Brad Keselowski. Nice. All right. <laughs> so you're saying with my posi- with my uh, position, Logano goes up first, and Keselowski. Blocks three wide and gets the, line. the big run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Logano's <laughs> going to be pushing to Benedetto. They're going to wreck each other. Keselowski is going to slip by on the inside. 
Fair. I really wish you hadn't put that out in the universe. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> Sorry, Matty D. It's been a good ride. <laughs> if I can, right. if if I somehow will that to happen just by saying it, I I'm playing lotto. Why can't you will yourself Vegas. to winning the lottery? Right. I was going to say. <laughs> That's next. That's next. I don't know the true strength of my powers. <laughs> oh man, you're you're you know I obviously a little off topic here, but you're you're becoming Allison from Umbrella Academy right now, just uh, rumoring everything into existence. Uh, that That'd is a be very cool. Yeah, that is a cool power. You should watch. Everyone should watch that show. By the way, if you haven't seen it, I rumor I'm Brad Keselowski won. <sighs> I heard a rumor that Brad Keselowski pushes Matt DeBadetto to the win. All right. Um, my favorite is going to be. Um, I think it's about time. I think if there was ever a time for Kyle Busch to get hot, it's now. Right before the playoffs start, I think Kyle Busch is going to get win number one of the season at Daytona, and I think it's going to be. In disappointing fashion, I think that the Joe Gibbs guys are going to do exactly what the Penske boys are doing and uh, basically work together to give someone a win. And if it's not going to be Eric Jones, because probably Eric Jones is going to wreck himself, let's be real, <laughs> it's going to be Kyle Busch. Kyle needs the win. Kyle needs playoff points. And Kyle is KFB. So give give Kyle fucking Bush the, the win here. That's I don't I didn't pick Kyle. In interesting. Forever, so. I didn't expect that, to be honest. Yeah, no, I was thinking, um, you know, maybe take a Hendrick guy, maybe do the safe route and take a Penske guy, but I don't like taking Penske guys at uh, restrictor plate races. I feel like they're always the favorites, but they're not always uh, there at the end. And it feels like at Daytona, that's more true than Talladega because yeah, Daytona is not as wide, so they get they get into more incidents at Daytona. It feels like because the track's not wide enough. Brad, I ain't lifting Kozlowski. Mm-hmm. And I've heard many people argue this, and I just want to hear your thoughts about this before we move on, about uh, removing the double yellow line at this point, um, just for safety reasons. Um, wh- what do you guys think about that idea, like just getting rid of that double yellow line? Because it seems that the idea of it was to create safety, but now it's actually reduced it because drivers have such a small area to work with at this point. If it's paved, yes. use it. If it's not paved and you the, don't want people to race the Phoenix, on it, the Phoenix grass. route, foot the grass. Phoenix route, yes. Uh, like uh, with like, I, we're not even getting to a race there this year, but Circuit of the Americas, the whole track limits thing, and IndyCar and P- F1 fans are like, well, they shouldn't be doing that because it's not track limits. They <laughs> should put gravel there if they really don't want, so, or maybe not. Something to slow down and yeah. deter turtles. Turtles, yes. Why not? Why not launch an F1 car? Straight into the grandstands with turtles. Make it happen. Honestly, that's, I, <laughs> I guess that's that was the only thing 2020 was missing was just someone going right into the pile on it. And stop, 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 <laughs> stop, 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 stop. We still got two road course races there, Anthony. Oh, yes, they'll definitely, <laughs> definitely do that. Let me tell you. Yeah, um, I mean, if it's if it's paved, run it. I mean, hell, if they want to go all the way down to the inside wall to pass on the back stretch, sure. The Clint Boyer move. <laughs> I can just see him doing something like that. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's round out the field here real quick. Um, so first off, we got silly season news coming through. So it looks like Corey LaJoy is out at Go Fast Racing this uh, in 2021, which raises more questions as to what's going to happen there. Um, obviously, Corey put a lot of chips into the pot by saying that he should be the next driver in the 48 car. I don't know if he's done anything really this season to show that he's deserving of it other than maybe his good run in the 500. Uh, what are your guys thoughts? hundred percent agreed. Put him in the 48. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think he's, 
I I haven't seen enough from him this year. Um, I I love Corey. Don't get me wrong, but I think there are better drivers in the free market right now. Yes, more deserving of that forty-eight. Yes, I agree. It's um definitely now the thirty-two car is open, and this is now brought in a lot of situations and we talked about it last week when i for some idiotic reason put carnation boy and, and ben fanning shouts out boys thanks for coming on the podcast i appreciate you guys actually doing that but i put them on and we talked larson and i actually wanted to discuss it with you guys because larson is looking to be reinstated for next season a lot of situations and this seems to be a lot of the people who have basically moved on with the car- larson situation just want to see him in the 14 car and briscoe into 32 and i I personally find that ridiculous. I get that Larson's a talent, but I mean, I, if we're looking at a situation like this, it reminds me of Kurt Busch when Busch had to go to the 51 for a year because nobody, he couldn't get sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is Gene really going to like put the bill? Who knows? <laughs> He's a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. Is he, is w- he crazy enough? <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I mean he I, he's still crazy enough, enough to do it. Yeah. Tony so. is crazy enough to do that. I just yeah. feel like of all the like Briscoe is more deserving of the 14 car than even Custer was at the 41 this year, in my opinion. Briscoe has done so much. I think much... you're asleeping on how, how good Custer was last year in Xfinity. No, I, I think Briscoe is... was great. Don't get me wrong. Custer was yeah. great last year, but I think Briscoe has shown that he can win on a whole variety of racetracks. Whereas I feel like Custer was really just good at like the intermediates. And that's not taking anything away from Custer. He's a damn good driver. That's why he has a win this year. And he's been consistent lately. But, I mean, I think Briscoe is more of a talent than Custer is. 100%. I mean, Briscoe deserves the 14, in my opinion. And they should change the 14. Maybe not change the 14. No, Tony... Yeah, stop. That, you know how much I, Tony I, would love. That came out of my mouth. That, that came out of my mouth, and I realized how, how, how wrong that was. I just would like to see Briscoe stay in a 98 car because it's just been iconic for him at this point. But just change if, the uh, font. Yeah, change the font or something. <laughs> yeah, the font is pretty bad. Well, either way, I, I, I think that Larson in a 32 car for one season would actually probably be better for his career, a little more humbling for him. I because agree. I mean, if he if he if he does well in it, dude, then fuck yeah, put him in a good car. Then I mean, shit, I don't have to like him as a fan. I can respect that he's a damn good driver. I just don't have to like him. I mean, it's, it's like, not like the thirty-two team is the most, you know, everyone friendly, welcome. If if you're, we get getting, it. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that would be a good fit. Now, I think, yeah, given him, I mean, it's not like we're getting a new car next year, so he's not losing out on anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, give him give him some support. Uh, and see where he takes that car because we all, we, I mean, no one questions the talent, it's just kind of how will sponsors react. And I feel like that is a yeah. good point to bring up. If it's it's a good way to test the waters for sponsorship because mm-hmm. if they really did want to go all on him, it's like, okay, if we don't get sponsors, run whatever the 32 team can bring, or if they need additional help, I'm sure Gene would not mind putting the bill for sure. Yeah, um, okay. So moving along, I I just want to ask real quick: Do you guys have any idea what you think is going to happen with Corey next year? I think he could go full time in Xfinity, maybe in a good ride. Rumors of the thirty seven car. I I don't want to see Priest lose his ride. I think Priest has worked so damn hard for this and has done decent enough to like maintain the thirty seven. But I guess Stenhouse constantly like outproduces him like every week. It feels like so minus the weeks that Stenhouse just didn't finish 
I would have loved to see Priest enter the series in 2018 rather than he did last year because of the high downforce, I feel like that really hindered him. It totally and, fucked him over. Which, one hand, agreed. Like, that sucks. But on the other hand, in my opinion, the best race car drivers adapt to their situation. Um, mm-hmm. You can you can be vocal about not wanting it, but like Kyle Busch is very, you know, vocal about you know these cars suck. And first thing with Car tomorrow, I mean, literally he won the first race and came in victory lane and said it sucked. But that's mm-hmm. I feel like we know his talent and he can he's he's won in every style of car, every package, all that. So, I mean, yeah, I I think Priest is deserving of a cup ride. Maybe I like I think he is where he belongs right now per se, but if he does get the boot from there, um I'm sure hundred percent that he is talented enough to get a ride somewhere in the top three series. Mm-hmm. Hey, I feel like if you know JD or JRM, sorry, is smart enough, they just get rid of Jeb and, and, and Hemrick and just be like Priest win us some damn races and go get the, this championship. Because we know can, we know he can win in Xfinity. It's it's obvious. Yeah, you know, it just depends on sponsorship with him. Some F one news: we uh we have the final twenty twenty calendar for F one. I don't know if you Hooray. saw it yet today I either of y'all. We get Turkey back. Oh, so Felipe Moss is going to enter the chat. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton already is contractually obligated to win the championship before then, so he's taking that week <laughs> off. Moss is getting the Mercedes. And yes, then, sir. Yeah, so. <laughs> But no, uh, so yeah, it's Turkey, and then a week off, and then we round out the season with a triple header in the Middle East with two races at Bahrain, and then of course Yas Marina. Yas, I'm, I'm looking. I'm I'm trying to find <laughs> it right now. Um, and the second Bahrain race, while it has not been officially confirmed yet, is heavily rumored rumored to rumored. be there oval layout i know it's not an actual oval but it's it's pretty much just like straight drs zones heavy braking turn right um that's gonna be great on the tires that's it's gonna be a fun race to watch i'm probably so, mostly I, excited for that out of I'm any of the other sports, races so we have spa monza Mugello, mm-hmm. sochi Ner- nurburing uh, um, am i reading that right they brought the yeah. nurburing back oh you didn't know that I guess not. The yeah. Eiffel Grand Prix. Yep. Oh, man, that one DRS zone is going to slap. Oh, yeah. And then what, they're going um, to Portugal? Algarve. They're going to Portugal. I've never seen that track. I'm going to look it up with that. That track like. is literally a roller coaster. Turn one, it's just a massive drop-off and then turn right. It's F1 is the, going to be so much fun. The layout kind of looks like Barcelona, but I've seen onboards, and it's so much better than Barcelona. It's a lot more God. flow to it in passing. Yeah. Um, then we have Imola coming back. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how that's going to be with the current episode. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's not going to be great. It's the not best be great. part about that weekend is they literally have a single practice session, and that's it. Oh, my God. Because I then guess there's Istanbul, some... Istanbul, then there's the two some... Bahrain, and then Yas. Yas. Wait, there's I thought some... it was Constantinople. Istanbul is Constantinople. There's some, uh... Why'd they change it? No one knows. I don't know. There, the there's coast. some noise ordinance Listen, they have man, in Imola. E- even Great New York was once New Amsterdam. <laughs> there's a there's a noise ordinance <laughs> they have in Imola to where they can't have 
racing more than two days in a row or cars on track for more more than two days in a row so I didn't like know they're, that. Okay. they're just saying instead of like overloading saturday with like two practices or whatever and they're just saying okay here. we're cutting out friday one practice qualified bam race so that'll be interesting <laughs> man this is a very interesting f1 schedule we've had this year and uh obviously it's a great lewis, it's, lewis is gonna dominate everything but it's just gonna oh, be fun yeah. to watch for a 70th year anniversary it's so cool I mean, considering the circumstances, obviously, that they're going, they're throwing back to a lot of these tracks that were fan favorites and weren't on the calendar anymore. So, like, I know Turkey was raved upon. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about F1 to say why it's off the schedule or whatnot, but like that, Imola's iconic for a couple different reasons, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Nurburgring, I mean, who doesn't love Nurburgring? And then I love it. Lewis Hamilton might not. Just see, fun to say. Yeah, Kimi Räikkönen hates Nürburgring. Mugello, I'm not. I heard it's a really good bike track. I don't know how good yeah. of a, a racetrack it'll be, but it's, I mean, it's great to see new venues and see what these cars can truly do. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, dude, we saw this weekend that Austria is a great uh, bike track and F1 track, um, and we can talk about that real quick. Holy shit, what a finish that we had in Austria in the uh, Super MotoGP. Sorry. Yeah, it was great because Valentino and Rossi didn't almost get impaled during this race either. So. Yeah, we twice. had a safety. Yeah, yeah. twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was – I'm glad to see NBC showing that because that was a lot of fun and not having Rick Allen speak over it the entire time. <laughs> they're they're fun to watch, and they're super short too, which I feel like yeah. is yeah, they're not long races beneficial because, like, I mean, F1's short compared to, you know, NASCAR races. But Yeah, F1's two hours at most. At yeah, most. But they have a those... time limit too. I, I, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, F1 races have time limits. They like I think the only one that gets close to it is Singapore, just because I think mm-hmm. that's the longest race this season. I know Monza yeah. gets done over and with in like an hour and fifteen minutes. It's so uh, much fun. I love it. Yeah, I Brazil mean, I, also because Brazil's such short lap times. Yeah, I, I love the the shortness to F one races. I think there's a huge appeal though. I know we've talked about mm-hmm. this before, but yeah, like MotoGP is even short. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Formula One is think- really short because it's over by the first corner. Oh. <laughs> okay. well there's a couple of pit strategies get out of here um also the fact that like you do get f2 though before it so it's like the weekend races are are long so you get f3 yeah. f2 and f1 but like as far as the physical f1 race goes yeah it's it's nice yeah, there's and short there's more on track time like that there's more on track time on, on sunday of a normal f1 weekend than there is for nascar weekends it's just spread out into different series and they do stuff between mm-hmm. them and whatnot, which I, I think is a format NASCAR should consider looking into, especially yeah. for like the whole, I mean, three days of nonstop action is I, we don't see that at any track now that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Now what we need to do, the format they need to get on is the IMSA one cup Xfinity trucks track, same time. Same okay. time. <laughs> do it. Down. I, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned wanna, if, this for the clash. Yeah, if you want to spice up the clash and actually keep it on the road course, do something cool with it. Mm-hmm. Don't just have twenty cars running around a three and a half mile road course for twenty laps and call it a day. That's Ooh. horrible. All the playoff cars, tr- yeah. all the playoff cars, all yeah. the playoff trucks. There's your clash all at the <laughs> same you. time. I agree. Go. Go, especially for this year because qualifying you can't really use on past pole winners and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so have some fun with it. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's finish this up real quick. So, um, we got some throwbacks coming up for the Darlington race that have been announced. Um, 
I, I like Daniel Suarez throwing back to himself from literally two years ago. It's yeah, a nice, I, nice touch. My, my favorite um, yearly part about the Darlington throwback weekend is everyone just completely ignores the time period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was the time period supposed to be this year? 90s? I think it's like 2000 to 2004 or something. That's stupid. That's yeah. stupid. I mean, all right. Well, they tried. They did. Um, yeah. And everyone just says, fuck off. I mean, what, last year, I think it was 90s. And then Tyler Reddick or Austin Dillon, one of the RCR drivers, was like, all right, let's throw back to a tractor from the 1950s or something. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's unfortunately this throwback race is losing its luster. But I still enjoy it. I do like that they have these special schemes for it because it is nice every now and then. We do see really cool schemes. Um, I haven't really seen anything this year that really pops out, though. I mean, Brad Keselowski did a non-scalloped Penske car for his discount tire scheme. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's what he ran back. It's like my first memory of Brad Keselowski is that discount tire scheme. Yeah. He uh, well, besides him, is, is trying to tear down almost leaving Auto, Club, Auto Club, Club Speedway. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's the, That's it's the, it's the same discount tire car he ran earlier this year, except Literally. it's got a little extra hoop yeah. or something over the fender yeah. where the Dodge, yeah. where the Dodge of the time used to be. It's I mentioned. It, oh. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying no. it's the same paint scheme. It's just well, whatever. Not a fan. Yeah. Breaking news: no, Whoever has the 08 uh team in Xfinity is it is that Joe Graff? Yeah, Joe Graff Jr. Yeah. is running um bucked up energy and on the hood it says woke F. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's hilarious. That's sick. <laughs> it's so it's so goofy that it works. I love it. <laughs> oh man. Um we mentioned Johnson all four Johnson cars last week and I said they that the Johnson one stinks, but whatever. That's my opinion. That's fair. You can have a wrong opinion. We're used it's, to it on this it's, stuff. It's a cor- it's a correct opinion. It's not. A, it's 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 a it's a dumb scheme. <laughs> I get. I get. I get it. I get it. It's just stupid. Okay. Um. Anyways, we have. Oh, speaking of Darlington, we have our sponsor for it this weekend, or this weekend it was announced this weekend. I guess we got the Cookout Southern Five Hundred, um, which got me and Kevin excited because we love Cookout, but Methy has never had Cookout. I've I've never heard of it. I mean, I've gone to cookouts. I've cooked out in the backyard myself. I've gone camping and cooked out. But there's a place called Cookout. As like, yeah, so we gotta find a way all to get outdoors? Methy. What is it? We gotta find a way to get Methy down to a race in either Charlotte, Talladega, Atlanta, or somewhere in that area of uh, southeastern races, so that he can experience the beautiful uh beautifulness that is a drunken uh cookout meal <laughs> at one in the morning have you had bojangles uh, matthew i've I wouldn't even know okay oh, i never even had bojangles i didn't know what a bojangles was until they sponsored the southern 500 yeah Thank you're, you're definitely missing out on a massive <laughs> part of southern culture right now um oh god even me and, and anthony are pretty much fake southerners kevin, it's, it's kevin don't even culture. ask him if he's been to Publix or anything like that have you been to Publix? Is that like the Piggly Wiggly? Oh, uh, <laughs> I just uh, broke my heart, Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, Publix, Publix is where shopping is a pleasure. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend just made a face. She does not like Publix. <laughs> it's, uh, it's getting to that time, though. I think that we need to round this up. Is there anything yeah. else that we missed? Um, besides Matthew's 
taste in food entire yeah, and palette. knowledge of southernness uh now i think we got everything all right cool. i'm from i'm from chicago i don't know these things <laughs> learn <Well, I'm>... them <laughs> listen we man, got portillo's we got aurelio's I will say we Portillo's. Yeah, Portillo's slaps. They have that in Tampa. We, we have one in Tampa, yeah. Yeah, the, the the Italian beef sandwich is one of my favorite things off that menu. And obviously, I get my Chicago glizzies whenever I go. So, and that's Methy, do you call hot dogs glizzies? <laughs> what the? Is that what a glizzy is? And that's I'm what a glizzy is. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter at LTLN Podcast. Make sure to check out StadiumScene.tv uh, for your new favorite podcast. Um, until next time, after Daytona, we'll be back with the playoff show. I have been Anthony. I've been Kevin. Also, we forgot to mention F1 at Spa this weekend, so yay. Whatever. <laughs> So, is a glizzy a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, now Constantinople, been a long time gone. Constantinople, now it's Turkish delight on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, now Constantinople, so if you've a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. So take me back to Constantinople. No, you can't go back to Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Constantinople, why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. Istanbul. New Amsterdam Why they changed it I can't say You just liked it better that way Istanbul is Constantinople Now it's Istanbul and Constantinople Been a long time gone and Constantinople Why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks No, you can't go back to Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Constantinople, why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. Istanbul.